Hello, Middle. This is Carlos. I am the descendant of the Arawak tribes from the Tui Valley in the Miranda State in northern Venezuela. I'm also the heir of the blood of my ancestors, the Congo and Yoruba people, brought to South America against their will from Western Africa. I am the great-great-grandson of Portuguese and Spanish migrants, some colonizers, some probably left Europe looking for a second chance in a new land. I am a migrant Venezuelan, and I am also an American. Hola, I'm Benda Benitez. I am a Puerto Rican. I am a New Yorker. And according to my DNA, I'm Taino, I'm Nigerian, I'm Portuguese, and I'm Spanish. And I am an American. Hola, middle family. My name is Bianca Toscano Michalchuk, and I'm from Houston, Texas. I grew up on the land of the Sona and Acoquisa tribes, and my family is originally from Mexico on the Huichol and Nahua land. And I am Mexican-American, Italian, Tejana, and I am American. You've heard this story before. A poor woman left her child near a large river that is the border of a powerful country. This woman knows the danger that she's putting her baby through, but she has no choice. There's danger all around her. The very existence of this baby in this country is illegal. She has nothing to do other than believe. Faith is her only possession. This woman was named Jochebed and her son was named Moses. Her God and his God is the God of the migrants, el Dios migrante. Migrants that have to leave one place out of fear, looking for a better life, sometimes escaping hunger or just following a promise. Like Abraham that left Chaldea, Ur of Chaldea, to move to Canaan because God told him so, and he had nothing but that promise and his faith to move there. A God of migrants, like the God of the many black families that left the South of Jim Crow because they knew there was a better life, a little better life in the North and the West of their own country. They left because they had to claim their rightful inheritance, an inheritance that was promised to them. But this is also the God that was with them when they were on the train and they had to see a police officer who wasn't there to protect them. The same way an immigrant sees an immigration officer praying to God that we become invisible to the wrath and the, to the injustice that we might experience. This God of migration is also the Dios of Carlos, this gay mutt that left Venezuela and would later become a dictatorship. This God of migrants helped Carlos bring his family here, along many other Latin American migrants and migrants from all over the world. This was our promised land. 
and we have become Americans. Unlike other Americans, built like people from all over the world. This is a Dios that crosses mountains, rivers, deserts. This God is unstoppable. It's not the imperial gilded one that came with the Spanish empire, but the Dios of the humble, the Dios of la frontera, the God of Jochebed and Abraham. This Dios at the border that will wait for us in the other side and will give us shelter and food and something to drink. This is the God of Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. Poor illiterate migrant people, the wrong kind of people, the wrong kind of people for the Roman Empire back then. Thank you, Carlos. Miriam, Joseph and Joshua, a Middle Eastern refugee family, homeless, escaping persecution. I wonder, would they be allowed entrance at the border? In the past administration, as a deterrent, their baby would have been ripped from their arms and put in cages. Throughout history, there have been countless of stories of migrants, but this particular baby, Joshua Jesus, shaped a new theology on the margins based on unconditional love. In 2019, I visited the border in New Mexico with Reverend Jackie Lewis, along with incredible leaders from Middle. Confronted with this massive steel barrier that felt cold and intrusive did not stop me from its intent of dehumanization. I connected with the people in Juarez. I connected because they look like me. And the sense of humility instilled by my family deepened. Growing up, my father told me that his first encounter in the state was right off the border. Papi was ordered to use the bathroom in the back with the word colored on it. It was smelly and unkept, not like the shiny one that he had to pass in front of the station. He remembered, welcome to America. His new home labeled it a minority, less than. Papi knew that no matter how hard he worked, he would always be at the margins. He kept his head down and just hoped and prayed that it would be different from his, for his children. This is the migrant story I know. Constant disinformation with harmful stereotypes allows the powerful to maintain their power. Adam Toledo never had a chance. Nor did Tamir Rice or Trayvon Martin or Makia Bryant and every person of color who is immediately vilified. These are our children. We must do better. We have the teaching of this migrant Jesus. So, so how do we change this negative narrative of a migrant and really see, feel and hear with our hearts? to see someone who can enrich our lives instead of leeches or criminals. So here's a thought. When you meet a stranger, be curious and, I don't know, start a conversation. Ask about their food. What meals do you eat? What do you drink? Is it piña colada, mezclar, or tisana? What remedies did your 
did your, did your parents use when you were sick? For my family, we slathered Vaporu from headaches to bellyache. That's Vicks Vapor Up. And let us appreciate traditional clothings and customs that proudly reveals a vibrant lineage. Our collective stories elevate and inspire us. So we are no longer strangers. Their stories become my stories and your stories to share. And when this COVID is over, we can visit for we are all members of Dios migrant family. No matter who you are, you have a migrant story. Here is mine. In 2019, like Edna, I heard the call to stand up against family separation on the border in El Paso, Texas. On behalf of Middle Church, we marched and I thought of all the mothers that were separated from their babies inside of the walls of the detention center. My son was back in New York City and I thought of my grandmother who was also a migrant child. And I felt that the land was calling me to know her story. So my family, the, the Estradas were merchants. They sold ice in the desert of La Barca, Jalisco, Mexico. And after the Mexican Revolution, anarchy overrun the streets, so they fled. My great-grandparents Guadalupe and Porfiria fled with their four children to the U.S. border. They arrived in El Paso, Texas in 1924. Their fee for citizenship for little baby Margarita, my grandmother, was five cents a nickel. They were welcomed here. Within systems of oppression, we assimilate to survive. So a hundred years later, this past January, I sat shocked watching the insurrection on the Capitol in the news. My four-year-old son, Benicio, he says to me, I don't wanna watch this anymore. And so he leaves the room, but stops in the doorway and looks me in the eyes and says, I want peace. How does a mother even begin to facilitate such a wish? Later, I asked him if he understood what was happening. And he said, yeah, the bad guys busted in the windows at George Washington's house. Men with guns patrolling the streets, crisis at the border, knees on necks, 13 year olds with their hands up shot in her sleep. Fear, violence, agony for a mother. This year I had a high school student who would show up in our Zoom classes and he would ask me over and over in the chat, when are things going back to normal, Miss B? And my answer for him is never. I never wanna go back to an old order of normalcy that governs on behalf of white supremacy. An old order that upholds with force a caste system where we each play our roles, forgetting our ancestral languages in an effort to assimilate and to survive. Forgetting our migrant stories 
and trading in a humble heart for a daily climb higher on a ladder of hierarchy of race. The call today on behalf of all the sons and daughters of our great migrant Dios is a call to the decolonization of our minds in a deep reconciliation with our hearts. Jesus is calling us not to a list of thou shalt nots, but to a way of being. You welcomed me. It's the embodiment of a way of restorative reciprocity. I want peace. In Braiding Sweetgrass, Professor Robin Wall Kimmerer describes that in the language of Potawatomi, there is a phenomena called Popoi, the force which causes mushrooms to push up from the earth overnight. There's no scientific term for this mystery because science doesn't name that which it doesn't understand. Yet, it is. Birds innately know when it's time to organize and fly on behalf of their species. And so do we. To migrate is to be in alignment with nature. Tenonsim, Mother Earth. So we build a new language of peace where all are protected, where all have enough, and where we're all reflected on a new radical mother tongue of justice. What does peace taste like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? My dream for Benicio is that he will speak fluently this language of peace. He will embody the wisdom of La Tierra Sagrada, the sacred land. And he will know the way of Christ consciousness within himself. And he will overflow with love. So on behalf of the ancestors, we offer you these blessings. In Nahuatl, Tlen kimaka itlatol in tokokotsitsiwa me tepatika techipawa. It's the words of our ancestors that cure us, strengthen us, and lift us up. In Taino and Arawakat, we say, Akuna guaykika Arawaka, hear our sacred people. In the Yoruba language of Western Africa, Alafia ni fung o, peace be upon you.